0: Big D Entertainment in association with Dipsy Doodle Productions presents The Dave Holly Hour, brought to you by Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th, The Sky in Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Ale Hop Brewery Tours, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. The Dave Holly Hour features Sue Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversations, a true lover of arts, entertainment, Good food and fun times, including an occasional Jack Daniels. Okay, so a few Jack Daniels.
1: Here he is, Dave Holly. Welcome everybody, it's yet another great show of guests this week. The host I'm not so sure about, but the guests are great. Coming up in a few minutes, we chat with three cast members from the Old Town Dinner Theater's upcoming production of And Then There Were None, Samantha Hendricks. Kristen Hoffmeyer and David Bowe talk about the Agatha Christie murder mystery. Then, local writer, artist, and film producer Leah Simmons tells us how being in roller derby led to the short film Valentine Crush. Plus, we'll give away the coveted weekly honorable mention as well as draw for this week's winner of Pizza with a Podcaster. But first, let's pop the cork on this bubbly. Time to grab your favorite beverage, lift it high, and toast it to being Thursday, a.k.a. Weekend Eve.
2: Hey, the weekend isn't around the corner, it's here.
1: So long, hump day and your frumpy way. We say hello to Thursdays with opening nights. The weekend is near and we can see the bright lights. Yes, Thursday, you're so hearty, we can't wait for Friday. So a day early, we start the party. Wherever you are, whatever happens to be in a glass among a tumbler, a flute, or anything along that line, lift him up to my friend Matt Morris. Matt's full-time job is as a pastor, an associate pastor at Asbury Methodist Church in Sioux Falls. You might have seen him or heard him here, because Matt and his wife Amy are the great duo, two white. Push. Matt also plays in the band, sometimes acts and sings as well for Goodnight Theatre Collective. And then he also happens to play a number of instruments in Midtown Coffee Radio Hour. All around great musician, all around great human being. Happy 50th birthday and welcome to the Half Century Club, Matt Morrison. The Weekend Eve Toast has been brought to you by Ale Hop Brewery Tours. Let Jason get you there so you can indulge without the responsibility. That was on Facebook. James wrote that he went on to compliment Ale Hop on their knowledge of the local craft beer scene. No matter what brewery in Sioux Falls is your favorite, Ale Hop Brewery Tours gets you and your friends there in a really cool van. All you have to do, enjoy the beer, or if you're going to that one distillery in town too, the spirits. Book your private tours at alehopbrewerytours.com. Already out and about on the weekend, then hop on a public tour. For more info about those, call 605-777-2183. That is 605-777-2183. Ale Hot Brewery Tours, where micro fans meet micro brews. It's time to pick a lucky winner of pizza with a podcaster. Everyone that follows the Dave Holly Hour on Facebook as well as Instagram, either or or both, Automatically entered. We draw one name each week. And this week we say congratulations to John Holt. He wins a pizza from Sonny's Pizzeria. Congratulations, John. We'll be in touch. Get you all set up for some jowl-dropping, show-stopping, thin-crust pizza. Pizza with the Podcaster is brought to you by Sonny's Pizzeria. Right across from USF at 26th and Waltz. And Sonny's at 81 on South Phillips. Check out the very fun and incredibly flavorful menu online, Sonny'sPizzeria.com. Honorable Honorable Mention. mention. And that coveted honorable mention. What made Dave smile, laugh, maybe shed a tear of joy, or just have a good feeling in his heart? It's actually one week ago, you know, because this show comes out at 12.01 a.m. Central Time on Thursdays, well, then it was uh, twelve, about 19, 19 hours later that uh, Matt and Amy, you know, the birthday boy and his wife of two white squares, were at the Levitt. They opened for the Jazzed Up Big Band. What a great night of music. Matt and Amy, they had original tunes that they were playing, and it's always like listening to their love story when you catch them. And the Jazzed Up Big Band, they play down at Lake Okoboji, at the old roof garden, and it's, uh, it's got a lot of guys from Sioux Falls, many of the names that you would recognize. Wow. That went straight to David's heart to fill him with joy, because I love hearing that big brass sound. Later in the show now, the always-creating Leah Simmons, but first from Old Town Dinner Theater, cast members from And Then There Were None, on the Dave Holly Hour.
3: Helping women feel empowered and confident is what Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th does while supplying high-quality clothing that fits your lifestyle, personality, and price point. Whether you want comfy and cozy, casual attire, or something for a special occasion, Posh provides quality, selection, and value. They carry sizes extra small to 3x and have something appropriate for any age. Feel empowered and get confident. Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th. Time for more arts
2: and entertainment talk on the Dave Holly Hour.
1: Welcome back, everybody. (laughs) You know what I love to say at the beginning of every conversation. It's always a pleasure to talk Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment. And it's always a pleasure to have repeat guests. It's always a pleasure to have new guests. Uh, Over the past few weeks, we've had a couple where it's been a repeat guest and a new guest. So it was a, you know, two for one. Today, it's an extra special day. It's three for one on this sale because we have three members of And Then there Were None, the cast that's taking place and the production of said play at Old Town Dinner Theater coming your way very soon. Samantha Hendricks, welcome back to the show.
4: Thanks, Dave. Happy to be here.
1: Yes, great to have you as always. And then Tristan, Well, Armstrong, is it? No, (laughs) Hoffmeyer. (laughs) Hoffmeyer. Armstrong is uh, one of the characters, right? One of the characters. Yes. And you play whom?
2: I play Philip Lombard. Lombard, her love interest. Yes, we do. Yes. Okay. David Bowe
5: i i play dr armstrong, armstrong. yes that's go. it that's
1: where names are getting all jumbled you know because uh, my wife likes to say if there's more than three things you gotta know you gotta write it down <laughs> winging it's always I, a little good oh it is it's a lot of good for me that's how i make a living <laughs> all right so it is uh, coming up very soon so uh, samantha tell us what you enjoy about this particular production and why you wanted to be in it
4: Well, I love Agatha Christie, a big fan of murder mysteries in general, Um, so I had originally the first show that I auditioned for upon breaking my hiatus after having kids was um, Murder on the Orient Express. So when another Agatha Christie came up, I couldn't resist. <laughs> I'm super excited to have such a big cast this time. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to work with a lot of people that I've been wanting to work with. So we're having a great time.
1: And also uh, a leading lady, a romantic role for you.
4: Yeah, you know there's only so much time for romance when there's a murderer involved, but <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a little bit of a romance going mm-hmm.
1: on, yeah. Okay, all right, so. Uh, I'm so looking forward to talking to you because I've never talked to you before. First I know. First time we met. So, what, because you also just came, uh, you know, when I had uh, Samantha on last time, she talked about having been out of theater for about mm-hmm. 13 years. You've been out about five or so, right? Correct. All right. So, what made you say, this is the time to jump back in?
2: Well, truthfully, one of my friends that I was in a few productions in high school with reached out to me and I hadn't talked to her for a little bit of a, Break there, And she's like, hey, there's some auditions going on down at the Old Town Dinner Theater. It's like, you want to come audition with me? It's like, sure, that'd be fun to even audition with. I didn't have any expectations mm-hmm. of getting a part or anything. I just thought it'd be fun to dip back into that experience there. And boom, I got a call. Hey, would you want one of the leading roles? It's like, okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you were telling me
1: beforehand, really, it was back in high school, mm-hmm. uh, that age time that you had acted last.
2: Yep. That was, uh, I think, probably my last show, I believe was All My Sons in high school, at okay. Roosevelt High School. All right, but you, in that time, had acted with David Bow. Uh, Yep, we had, at uh, the Orpheum, right? we were been in the Treasure Island in, I think it was like 2016 or something like that. Uh, I played uh, Jimmy Rathbone, one of the pirates to get killed off right away early <laughs> on in the show, but it was a lot of fun.
1: Well, and uh, David Bowe, it's always a pleasure to see you, my friend. Yes. And, and I just saw you a few nights ago, and okay, you know, close circuit. The man mixes some really good Jack daniels diet coke with wine. Oh, yeah, <laughs> good to see you again, Dave. Um, and, uh, of course, you know, the Bowe the family is uh, pretty well known for their acting chops around here, uh, your brother uh, being, you know, big man there. Um, but uh, what uh, made you decide, I just got to be in more stuff? I know you've also done some tech stuff in the past and everything, and but what made you decide that this time you wanted to be back on the stage?
5: Um, I had kind of, a few years ago, I had a, a hiatus from acting. Um, after I did Peter and the Starcatcher with The Orpheum, uh, mm-hmm. I kind of dove into bartending and I worked at Minnehaha Country Club for a while and then just kind of missed theater. And then yeah. uh, one day I woke up from a nap before I had to go to work and got a call from my brother. And... He offered me a role in Wife Begins at 40, and my love affair came back. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah, that bartending thing, uh, if you're doing night shifts, can interrupt a lot of rehearsals and performances, can't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad that uh, you have made your way back, so all of you had at some point taken a break and so forth. Uh, what's it feel like, uh, Tristan, to be in this cast, somebody you've acted with before, but... You know, here you are acting uh, with Samantha for the first time.
2: You know, I was a little nervous kind of jumping right back in for me, but uh, truthfully, the theater community is just so open and accepting. Is that I found my feet pretty quick once I got back into the swing of things. All right, and uh, off book now, aren't you correct? We
4: are. We're off book. We are doing full show runs, so every time we show up, we do the entire thing all the way through, and um, we're just working out the kinks and getting everybody's, you know, final products together at this point
1: point. and when is opening night
4: september 9th
1: all right yeah we are not far away <laughs> uh i regrettably will miss the opening night because i'm hosting trivia somewhere however the good news for you is that uh i'm now a season ticket holder at old know, town I'm dinner so theater excited about that. <laughs> we even got our own special table that we like so much uh so we're really looking forward to this uh so Let's take it from you, David, because um, you have been in this show before. Yes, I have. And you're playing a different character this time. Uh, first of all, tell us the differences between the two characters, and then tell us how you like to see it uh, from people that haven't been in the show before.
5: Um, well, the last time I was in the show, I was uh, Rogers, the butler or kind of wait staff or helping staff. And he's much different from Dr. Armstrong. Um, Rogers is kind of going through the motions for most of the show. Um, he's kind of very, my take on him at least was kind of more prim and proper butler, uh, kind of dry humor. Um, Dr. Armstrong is a little bit more nervous, more erratic. Uh, he tries to be calm and cool, but kind of loses his shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And yes, he can say this. This is a podcast. The FCC does not control me. <laughs> I'm the only one that edits anything, and I, I'm lazy. I hardly ever do that. <laughs> so what do you think about the, the cast that you're, you're in at this point? What have you been noticing?
5: Um, I've been noticing... Uh, it's, it's been kind of different seeing the different takes from the different people, because it's like, I had that whole view from last right. time, and like, his take on Lombard is way different from uh, Mike Haddockens, mm-hmm. who played Lombard last time. And seeing Devin Bessart play Blore is wildly <laughs> yeah. considering the last time we did it, my brother was Blore. Uh, <laughs> and their take on the character, like, kind of a 180 mm-hmm. from each other. <laughs>
1: and how does your brother take that then?
5: Uh, he's kind of said that sometimes it's, he's like, He's like, do I just not like the line delivery this time? or Because because I didn't deliver it that way? <laughs> and he's like, he's like he, he kind of said on Sunday that it was a little bit different than what, yeah. the, what he had expected. <laughs>
1: Samantha, how have you felt about uh, everything so far? You said it was going good. You're, you're off book. You're doing the full uh, show runs at this point. Uh, what do you enjoy about this, though?
4: It's just a really fun group of people. I mean, we are... Uh, definitely male heavy in this cast it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, what seven guys four girls is that right um, so we have had there's a lot of days where I'm just hanging out with the guys not while they were before we started doing full show run those rehearsals are always a little bit crazier the boys are very silly when they're all together so <laughs> those runs have been the most fun for me um as you know it's just a different kind of vibe i'm used to a lot of my shows being really girl heavy Mm -hmm. so it's been very different it's been a really fun mix
1: right and and 11 total then uh, for the cast cast
4: compared to what i've
1: been doing you know for a relatively small theater uh Mm -hmm. it does have a a decent stage size at least uh but you know for a relatively small theater it's fantastic uh Mm -hmm. you know because we're quite often used to the british farces you know maybe four to seven people total uh and so forth so looking forward to this uh not just you know because it, it's another show uh but because it's gonna be different than you know the, the shows that I've seen in the past year uh but to also you know because I'm familiar with the show to you know like uh, David's been a uh, character once now make it twice and it's like ah this will be fun to see the show because everybody puts on a show differently every director has a different uh vision of it and uh, the production ends up in, in such a, a a different aspect every time you know i'll give you a, a great example uh, they just finished cabaret uh, a couple months back at uh, Premier playhouse and i had been to that you know 25 years ago or whatever it was um and you know came, came out of it that time life is okay you know you're just singing and so forth whereas this one hit the heavy shit. (laughs) You know, it it went straight to the heart of what this whole story was about. And, um, you know, he went out and going, wow, that was dynamic, wasn't it? Yeah, so you you do get a different vibe no matter what. Uh, And uh, obviously, you know, uh, all of you feel that uh, and so forth. Uh, So, Tristan, what's it been like for
2: you to work with the director? Oh, it's been... uh a lot different than some of the other people I've worked with. He's got a really calm and chill vibe. And it's nothing like too overly serious. Like some people get like super nitpicky about Mm -hmm. like every little thing, especially like right at the beginning. And it's been a really nice kind of constructive process. I would say he hasn't uh, been micromanaging as a director, right? It's like he kind of lets things go Uh and then, you know, he'll give a few pointers there and you kind of tweak it as you go along. And it's been a, A refreshing change to some performances I've been in. Has
1: that also led to some openness with you then, with him, to to say, Hey, what if I did this? Yeah, I feel like there's just
2: been a lot more of that opportunity to try things than it's like we're just going to go through and this is how someone wants it done. Yeah, Uh, I'm going to ask you because, you know, these two already are familiar with Old Town uh, pretty
1: well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, are, are you set for the big run? set you know, for the big run. You know, some places around here, it's it's two or three uh, performances, uh, but, you know, you got a whole bunch of weekends uh, ahead so, of you.
2: Well, it's uh, it's a little bit of a commitment, but it's something you wouldn't have gotten into if you weren't ready right. to take that on there, and I'm kind of excited to just jump right back into it. So. Excellent. Glad to hear that. What got you interested in acting in the first place? Uh, well, I was in elementary school. I went to All City Elementary, and they... Did a musical every year, grades K through third grade were always part of like the choir, they sang the songs and Mm -hmm. stuff. And then once you got into fourth and fifth grade, they started casting people, you got parts and stuff. And my first uh, role was the Rat King and the Pied Piper. (laughs) (laughs) And that was actually the role that I put down that I wanted. So it was just a really fun experience to kind of jump into. you're kind of forced to try but i ended up really enjoying it and well kinda... uh, when i had that experience in grade school i happened to be chubby so i got chosen
1: as one of the the three little pigs didn't go back to choir for a long time
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> david did you have any chance of not acting
5: in your family uh, <laughs> i mean I could have, but it's like uh, when John started, he was, young, like, he was pretty young when yeah. he started, it. and uh, my first experience with theater was I was very, very young. The first few shows I tried out for didn't make, uh, it hit me real hard, yeah. like almost like crying as a little kid, and then finally broke through, <laughs> finally got a role, and never looked back.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, I'm almost 60, and I still cry when I don't get a roll. <laughs> <laughs>
4: don't ask my husband what happens when I don't get cast. There's a lot of moping for about a day.
2: Oh, moping. That's yeah. a good one. Lots yeah. of ice cream and pie. Yeah. Uh... There's no pie involved. <laughs> <laughs> Cake?
4: Only if I really want to bake one. Oh, okay. But you're yeah. probably too upset to bake. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on how, how sad I am. Okay, all right. Uh,
1: we can go with that then. <laughs> what do you think is most important to convey uh, in your characters, Samantha?
4: Sorry, what was that?
1: What do you think is most important to convey to the audience in your character?
4: Uh, well, Vera Claythorne is very complicated as far as a character for me. I've played a lot of like comedy and musicals, so this is my first drama, I think, ever. Um, so she's got a lot of, I'll just say guilt over decisions she's made in the past, or or the way circumstances have happened around her in the past, and she's got a lot of um, a lot of burden on how she carries herself. She's very calm, very collected. She's got a very uh, even keeled personality. As the show starts, um, but then you kind of see some of her her past trauma starts to break through and you sort of see how the circumstances of Soldier Island are wearing on her and and how her you know, calm facade is starting to melt away. So
1: mm-hmm.
4: I think just seeing the very human elements of, of breaking down under all of that stress is what my favorite part has been about her.
1: Okay, Tristan, what about you? What do you enjoy about your character? What do you think that uh, you need to make sure the audience walks away with from this?
2: Oh the way I take my character is a big part of his past and part of the reason he's invited to the island along with everybody else is uh, kind of shaped his personality into being a little little sarcastic, little snide little little unmoving with people but it's uh, kind of loose and fun and Oh. It's a nice little bit more serious than a lot of my past roles. I've done right. a lot of the comedic relief and mm-hmm. stuff in the past. So oh, it's a nice to kind of dip your toes into something a little different. Yeah.
1: OK, David, uh, we already talked a little bit about it, the difference between last time and this time with the characters. But in terms of what you hope uh, the audience gets out of your character.
5: Um, well, like as, as the show starts, he's is kind of calm. But as as the events unfold, you can kind of see he's losing his nerve, which is kind of funny because he's a nerve doctor, yeah. I guess. <laughs> rather than funny, it's more ironic. You're right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: what did you have to learn to play this
5: part? Um, I had to look up different, uh, different like, how to portray, like, anxiety and um, just different... Uh, I would say different uh, emotions like fear and sadness and things like and trying to like find that fine-tuned fl- threshold of not being like over dramatic and right. campy because yeah. I mean there's certainly mm-hmm. an opportunity with this show to do that mm-hmm. with some of the lines and the way the way some of it's written like you could definitely do a campy version of it if you wanted, but I'm glad that we're not. Yeah. <laughs> as it, much fun as
2: it would be. Right.
5: Yeah, right? You know,
1: but that, that brings up an interesting point. We've never really talked about it on this show before. It's the fact that you do have to be careful that it doesn't go overboard, but yet it still has to be projected to the back row. Yeah. Uh, and to, to get that, you know, because anybody in the front row is going to be able, obviously, uh, to see your facial emotions better than the back row. Uh, but you still have to make sure that that back row is going, oh, wow, you know, boy, did you see his face when he was doing that? Uh, so that, that's a different trick, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of things that I do that I feel like are maybe a little too subtle. I'm going to have to ask John to stand in the back and see if he can really tell what mm-hmm. I'm emoting uh, as we fine tune this. But there's a lot of times where I'm silent kind of taking everything in but reacting. And a lot of that stuff can be really, really subtle. So I'll have to fine tune that a little bit and make sure that it's carrying all the way to the
1: back. And uh, Tristan, then uh, how about uh, your thoughts on that? You know, making sure that you're you're given the role justice, not being campy, but still getting everything to the back.
2: It's definitely a challenge in all kinds of different aspects. Like just one I can think of off the top of my head is there's moments like where you kind of like You say you want to, like, bring your voice down and all that, but you still want to project to everyone else Mm. in the back row. So it's fine-tuning just that little level of how much can I bring this down to convey, like, this little bit of thought or emotion you're going through and still make sure everybody's experiencing that. Yeah. Uh, What do you think uh, is the most important thing when you
1: go to audition? Let's uh, go around the horn on this one. David?
5: I think the most important thing for auditioning is having a clear, concise voice um, and kind of pre-reading the scene. I feel like giving your own take on it too is, a, is important. I mean, and because I've worked with my brother a bunch, mm-hmm. I know what he's looking for. Yeah. But I also know <laughs> that uh, if you just be yourself, he can mold you to what he Wrong. wants.
1: Yeah, and he's not going to let you off easy, is he?
5: No, and that's actually <laughs> why I like working with yeah. him. because he knows what I can do, and he will push me True. that extra hard. Yeah. like further than most. You, you do
1: would. have to have somebody in uh, in your realm of uh, close circuit people, whether it be friends or whether it be professionals, uh, or the, even just the people you hang with. That uh, you know, you got to be able to let them. Okay, hey, you know, Dave, knock it off. Or wow, you really need to concentrate on this. All right, so Tristan, how about you? You're going into a magician.
2: uh i i kind of agree with dave if to some extent i think like if you want to be a little serious about it you should do try and do a little bit of research behind beforehand i know i went and i downloaded a pdf of the script and i read through it a couple times and i've also seen this show Well, my high school put it on when i was in middle school so i kind of knew what i was getting into a little bit and i think part of it is also just going in there and kind of doing it to be the best of your ability, not trying to, like, play something you're really not because, to me, it's like, I want to get a part that I'm able to help tell a really good story about. That's what I love acting, is being able to help convey a story, and if I'm not fit for that, then, you know, I kind of get it, so. Right. All right, Samantha?
4: Um, Well, I guess a lot of the times, I just feel like you have to go in there confident that you can do the job because if you're not portraying that confidence Mm -hmm. that that vibe that you really have this under control, I don't think you're going to sell it to your director. Obviously, you have to actually be able to back that up at some point. <laughs> but being able to go in there feeling good about what you're bringing to the table is really important.
1: And is this the part you auditioned for?
4: It is. I was. I wrote down, I will take anything, <laughs> 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 is what I wrote down. But I would prefer Theoric Lathorne. I read the script a ton of times before uh, auditions. I was... Lucky to borrow it from somebody who was in the previous cast. It was really nice of her to let me uh, see it beforehand. I didn't know it was online, so that wouldn't <laughs> to happened. But, but yeah, I, um, I prepared for what I wanted to go in there for. I read everybody, everybody that they could conceivably cast as female, because they don't always cast straight to um, the role that they're written as. For example, we have. Miss Marston instead of Mr. Marston. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a woman playing a traditionally male role. So I just did as much prep as I could for anybody that could conceivably be played by a girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, uh, we have come to that time where I get to ask a, a couple of questions of each of you that, that I love to inter- or finish all conversations with. Uh, quite often the second one is already answered by your first one. David? you're gonna go second. Samantha, you're gonna go last, because you already have been through this gig. All right. The newcomer. Ooh, Tristan. <laughs> All right. When you were not part of the entertainment and arts
2: scene, what do you like to be entertained by? Uh, film's a big thing for me. Uh, I'm always sitting and streaming something when I have the time. Uh, I grew up without a lot of cable or internet so we rented movies and stuff mm-hmm. a lot big part of my personality i like to go to the gym i like to work out you know i haven't had a lot of time for that lately unfortunately but <laughs> hopefully to get back into it eventually oh i like to go kind of cruise around but with gas prices that's kind of off the table right now too but you did buy a motorcycle but i did buy a motorcycle so we've been doing a little bit there so what does a 40 year old honda go for uh, the one I bought for, I bought dirt cheap for like 750 bucks. There you go. <laughs> we had to put like another thousand into it, but but it's getting you great gas mileage. It's getting better gas Perfect. mileage in my car.
1: <laughs> All right, David, when you're not part of the arts and entertainment scene, what's the entertainment? What do you like to view for art, etc.?
5: Um, a lot of times I will watch movies or TV shows. Um, I also go heavily into creating craft cocktails, Mm. Um, like one that I created for Dada. Well, I guess I didn't create it for Dada, but I kind of rebranded it or kind of zhuzhed it up. (laughs) Uh, Originally, I was in Calendar Girls at the Orpheum, and uh, some of the girls in the show kept talking about slow gin, and at that point in time in my bartending career, I had never used slow gin. And then when I initially created the cocktail, I was using Philips slow gin, which is not a very good slow gin. I mean, it's serviceable, but the <laughs> slow gin I'm working with now is much better. And uh, we had, uh, earlier this summer, I found this apricot liqueur that I almost fell in love with. It's one of my, my new favorite spirits. And I kind of I thought, I was like, hmm, this drink would be perfect for a juge. And I kind of jugeed <laughs> it up. And... I talked to our bar manager at Dada, or uh, the beverage director, Paul. And I was like, hey, I have a drink that incorporates sloe gin and this apricot liqueur, which is one of his favorite liqueurs, too. huh. And then I kind of juice it up. And uh, the first time we put it on the menu, we put it on the menu for an 80s night. And we called it the Simply Irresistible. And then I wanted to change it back to the Calendar Girl. And uh, we just finally on Friday, got the garnish the way I wanted it. Like, we were doing, like, a lemon twist, like a long lemon twist. Mm-hmm. Now we have uh, little cutouts of, of old calendar girls, like pin-up girls that we clipped <laughs> to <at> the side <laughs> of the glass. Oh, oh I love so it.
1: Cute. You know, I, I normally drink Jack Daniels Diet Coke with a lime, as you well know. Uh, but yeah, I, You're welcome. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you got a big tip on that one, too. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, um, you know, I will probably just have to try that just for that. And I love vintage calendar girls anyway.
5: Yeah. So well, the nice thing about the cocktail, you get a souvenir. You get your exactly. little exactly. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Any other hobbies? Then um, um, sometimes I work out. Um, I do like reading history, and uh, I like learning a lot. Also, because uh, I am an EA for my normal job, mm-hmm. so I really like helping the kids. Yeah. And sometimes my experiences will help them, but also sometimes having these different ideas can help foster their ideas or I can help mold them to make them more successful.
1: All right, fantastic. Hello, Samantha. Hi.
4: I think we've discussed the fact that I don't have free time
1: because you have children. (laughs) Because I have children.
4: Most of the people in the show do not have any little people living in their house. um, So they have all kinds of cool, interesting things that they do. I teach full-time homeschool for three Mm -hmm. kids and run a homeschool co-op most of the time. Although I don't know if I'm going to do that this year because that might make me crazy. Extra stuff to do. Um... I spend as much time as I can in the theater. I don't have a lot of time to uh, to do anything fun mm-hmm. other than theater. <laughs> so basically, if I want to do anything fun, I have to leave my house. No,
1: you just say, hey, Dave, mm-hmm. uh, can we be on the podcast again?
4: Yeah, I sometimes do that, too. I Well, okay, so in my defense, my career was in marketing. So I'm a real go-getter. There you go.
1: <laughs> All right. Hey, before we say uh, goodbye, uh, I always want to give a shout-out to let people know that we've recorded this conversation at The Source downtown on North Phillips, and uh, one of the reasons is because they happen to be open on sundays and getting a group like uh, you together on a sunday is uh, it takes a little bit of logistics and so forth plus it's got to work into what i have available when i'm not working full-time at something but today especially uh you know you, you heard the clank of the dishes or whatever fell over there uh but uh, right behind us there's let's see two four six uh or there were six i think there's five sitting there right now and uh, as I was setting up I could hear them talking about parts of the body that I've had operated or taken out and replaced by plastic things like that (laughs) and so I went over and said okay if I give you a shout out I have to know I said are you you know uh, med students pre-med students uh, nursing students uh, sports medicine and so forth they're PAs it's their first year at USD and they're all becoming physicians assistants so Learning lines doesn't seem so bad now, does it? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Samantha, Tristan, Dave. Yeah, I almost said John for a moment. Oh. (laughs) David. But we give John his due anyway. Thank you all. Appreciate it. And so looking forward to this. Coming up September 9th. And uh, I will be there, I think, the next night. I can't remember which one I did that time. Because I've got a huge calendar full of events that I need to go to. But I will be there, guaranteed. Well, thank you, Dave. I will laugh I the loudest. Happening. I will cry no. the loudest. Whatever emotion you want. Look for that back table. Stage right in the first tier next to the kitchen door. Got it? Keep yeah. our eyes open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all once again. Appreciate it. And we'll be back with more of the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment.
0: That's J-E-S-S-E-M-O-F-F-I-T-T. Or call 605-929-0964.
6: Support the Dave Holly Hour in a very easy way. Buy Dave a cup of coffee
0: by clicking the cup in the lower left corner of www.davehollyhour.com.
4: Dot com.
1: Welcome back, everybody. It's always a pleasure to talk Sue Empire Arts and Entertainment with all of you. And thank you for supporting the Arts and Entertainment. Thank you for supporting this show, by the way. It's always a, a pleasure to know that there's people out there that are getting, uh, you know, a lot of great information about it. And even more so than just the information, uh, because you'll find a lot of places that'll tell you where a play is going to be, where a movie is going to be, things along that line. But we want to get to talking about, you know, how it came to be uh and that's going to be the case today because i always like to have new artists on new creators and uh well she and i have known each other for a long time and it's a great thing to have leah simmons on the show how are you
6: i'm great thanks for having me. oh my pleasure (laughs) great to
1: have you along too uh and boy you just never stop creating do you
6: you know i i do whatever it takes to stay out of trouble and um doesn't always work, but mm-hmm. it, I just amass a lot of projects. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because, you know, just to keep up on your Facebook, uh, you know, it takes a couple hours a night. <laughs> oh,
6: yeah. Dedicated I, you. Are. Yes. I always laugh because I'm like, I can't really tell you guys everything I'm doing. because Oh, would, I suppose it would, not. It would probably yeah, that be would, exhausting. Yeah. But yes, I, I'm always creating, painting, writing, <laughs> yeah. getting involved in All right. silly things.
1: Well, let's talk about film first, yes. though, because uh, you have uh, produced a film, uh, forgive me, I can't think of the title. Right Valentine of the Crush. Valentine Crush. No, it had something to do with the, the hearts and everything. All right, and uh, that's actually gotten some good reviews, and yes, you, I can tell that uh, the people that have seen it are enjoying it.
6: Yeah, it was a kind of a passion project, as you probably know. I've mm-hmm. been part of the Sioux Falls Roller Dolls for yeah. Oh boy, fifteen years! Yeah, Yeah, we did the math with one of the rookies, and they're like, "You've actually been on this team for three three times as many years as I have." Like, oh boy, I am (laughs) old. I am an old lady, Uh, but yeah, I've I've been on the dolls for years, and you know, every time we get together over PBRs down the top hat, we always rehash all the stories, and you know, just like we got this wealth of experience and this really strange niche culture. Like, this is perfect for a movie, and so at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I wrote a screenplay. I looked up my old friend, Jamie Weedy, who did Indian events for years. And unbeknownst to me, actually studied film uh, at college. And he loved the script and was just like, I think we should make this. And I'm like, you know, kind of like every time. I mean, Mm -hmm. as an artist, you're used to everyone saying, this is great. Let's do something with it. And then crickets. And holy smokes, he was was serious. And so within six months, we put together a production company. We had casting. We had a pre-production budget that was about like five band-aids <laughs> uh, but yeah we shot it in eight days here in, in Sioux Falls and in Wakanda of all places and yeah now it's been touring film festivals since um fall of 2020 so. all right
1: and how do you feel about it obviously you, you you're excited as you talk about it
6: yeah I, but
1: are you in some ways stunned uh, or...
6: You know, I never understood the phrase that every movie's a miracle until I went through the process mm-hmm. because, you know, everybody's a critic of movies, you know, you can't go on social media now without somebody nitpicking something. True. And I have such a huge appreciation because film is such a team sport, you know, I had a script, and even as a co-producer, there's a lot of decisions that weren't mine and there was a ton of changes we made either on the fly because... Things go wrong. Um, actors come to you with great ideas to change the script, and then just post production, you can you can only work with what you have. You know, you can only do reshoots and VO so much to fix, thing, fix things where things fall apart. And so, knowing all that, I'm, I'm incredibly proud with how it turned out. Um, and there, there's really no way to express the joy you have when you are in the audience and you know, like the big scenes coming. You know i'm looking around the dark and i'm just i love people's reactions when they're just they're screaming they're laughing they're cheering like it's the best thing in the world because it's like they get it they get what i was trying mm-hmm. to do um, my favorite story so i have uh, my cousin annie she is a doctor an md out in rapid city and i wanted to come to the movie um annie does not like horror movies and i'm like it's more of a thriller you will be fine knowing there's a scene in there uh, I don't want a spoiler alert, but <laughs> I, I, I was waiting with bated breath to watch Annie in the theater and I look over and she is covering her face and, and just like, yes,
2: <laughs> <laughs> got her. <laughs>
6: yes, so yeah, I'm incredibly proud of it. And I love I love hearing people talk about the parts they enjoyed, the things that really resonated with them. So it's cool. All
1: right, so it started off as uh, more of a writing then, you know, you did the, uh, the screen right, uh, but did you envision actually being part of the production? And, Not and being really. able to do so.
6: I mean, I I can't even tell you how little I knew about movie making when we got into this. Like, I didn't I didn't know formatting, which is fine. But you know, just I feel like I could have write a book about everything you do wrong with your first movie. Like, hey, don't have crowd scenes. Don't have night scenes. Don't uh, <laughs> don't do this all in a pandemic. But
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean,
6: we all we all made it work despite all right. the challenges we had. Um, it's just it's still even just thinking back I'm like it's such a, a Herculean effort and it was interesting for for me to really see where my strengths li- mm-hmm. lie as a producer because you know when you write the script and you hand it off to the director it's usually for a lot of screenwriters that's kind of the end of your involvement with the film so on the production side I got to get my hands in everything I was there with casting callbacks um, I was helping our DP to to set up lighting uh, afterwards, I got all the arduous tasks like doing the subtitles, which is not fun. <laughs> yes, yeah, so watching all the raw footage. So you're, you know you're lining up every single shot you did. We did with two. Sh- we did two cameras for every scene. Mm-hmm. So there was like twice as much footage to watch, True. and then just writing down for the editor. I like this one. I like this one. I like this one. <laughs> so, like, you know, like, no one wants to see how the sausage is made because it's very boring and tedious. And
1: they might not like seeing what goes into it, too. Uh,
6: well, yeah. yes. And then, of course, all the decisions you have to make because it's like, oh, I love this scene, but, you know, the audio is terrible and there's nothing we can do to fix it. You know, even putting music over it didn't didn't save it.
1: Yeah, or the subtitles would have been lost for yeah, sure. Yeah, oh, man, or the or
6: subtitles. That just about broke me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did it for a friend for their short,
1: and I was right. like yeah <laughs> so for those going into movie making stay away from the subtitles yes yeah. they're
6: great uh, the auto-generated <laughs> ones almost make it worse but uh,
1: true you, you do see a lot of that especially yeah. on facebook well, that's kind of
6: what i was correcting because mm-hmm. we're like hey we mm-hmm. got software to auto-generate it well we have a lot of music in the movie and so, and so the software not smart enough right. to, to tell lyrics from yeah uh, you can see where that's going <laughs> understandable no doubt
1: about that uh, so what what got you started in the writing portion anyway
6: so um, you know
1: you, you tell us about this story that you had uh, because of sitting around talking about all the stories with uh, everybody involved in uh, roller derby or not uh, roller derby, but the roller dolls specifically. Yeah, yeah.
6: well uh, true to form, it's all roller derby's fault. Yeah. So um, in 2015 I had a really bad concussion playing roller Derby. Mm-hmm. Just a freak accident. Was skating. Somebody swept my feet out from under me. Went straight backwards onto my head. Mm. And I mean, they call out getting your bell rung for a reason. Because I mean, right. I instantly knew I had a concussion. Yeah. And I thought I was fine, you know. <laughs> but I mean, I've had brain damage, so of course yeah. I think I'm fine. <laughs> uh, I was not fine. Uh, I went into um, our, our doctor, and um, the concussion I had basically had diminished my cognitive ability by about forty percent.
1: Wow. Yeah.
6: <laughs> So we actually use, in the dolls, we use something called the impact test. It's the same um, concussion test the NFL uses. Right. And so everyone gets a baseline, and then that's how they can tell how you've been impaired. Mm -hmm. And so from my arm, my doctor was just like, well, here's the list of things you can't do. Obviously, roller skating. Mm -hmm. um, But I wasn't supposed to be spending any time in front of a screen. I wasn't supposed to be doing uh, anything with bright lights. I wasn't supposed to be driving. I mean, it was awful. Um, It was about a nine-month recovery time. I had uh, short-term amnesia, so I would just forget things. My poor boss was like, yeah, we had to make sure that there was somebody watching you because you'd come into the <laughs> meeting room an hour later and be asking about a meeting we already had, but have no recollection of it. Oh, wow. Um, had lots of migraines, um, bouts of depression. And it was it was honestly the hardest thing I've ever been through. Yeah. Because, you, I mean, you you feel like you're losing your mind. And everyone just thinks you're fine because you don't look injured. Right. And if you tell somebody you're having a really bad day because you've had a migraine for eight hours, they're just like, well, just take some aspirin. And you're like, choke, you...
1: Just like when you tell somebody that you have depression. Oh, it's okay. We we all get get a little blue. Well, yeah, I do smile all the time. It's hidden. Yeah.
6: (laughs) So, I I mean, I brought this up with my doctor about how I was struggling, and he said, you know, something that really helps patients is finding activities you used to enjoy that are not stressful. And so I started painting and I started writing. Uh, Once the migraines got better, once my doctor said I was back to my original baseline, I decided that I really liked this writing thing. I was writing a lot of short stories and poetry, and, you know, I was like, you know what? I want to be serious about this. And so because I'm a a schedule person, I decided, okay, if I'm going to be serious about this, I'm going to have to, like, carve out a part of my day and do it. So every day after work, I'd go to the library for an hour. And it didn't matter if I wrote one sentence or one page. I was just going to go to the library and write. So that was kind of the snowball of all this. Um, I reached out to um, Robert Meiling. He had started a podcast called Edge Case. And I was like, here's some stories I wrote. And he loved them and he worked really hard with me to adapt them into some podcast episodes. And that really sparked, like, you know, it was the first time I'd had anybody really read something that I wrote and, you know, not just throw it in my face. So, I mean, Robert was really instrumental in, in helping spark that for me. And that was really the wellspring of where Valentine Crush came from, was just this you know, idea of like, well, maybe this is a thing I can do.
1: Uh, that would be Robert Mailing, the pod father yes. of Sioux Falls. Yes, no, i oh. about that.
6: An We're, all around nice guy. Oh,
1: no doubt. Absolutely peach of a guy.
6: I don't know how, he's like me. I don't know how he finds time to do all the things he does.
1: Exactly. Me. Yeah. He and probably
6: sleeps. I don't know. Do you? Jury's out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you've got to get an apple watch. That'll tell you how That's little true, you right? sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people see Valentine Crush at this point then?
6: So right now we're still kind of in that, that weird limbo where we're jumping festival to festival. We mm-hmm. have, I think, four more festivals this fall. Um, you'll probably, the best option is to go to our Facebook page, uh, valentinecrushthemovie.com or valentinecrush.com. Um, we try to keep up with all the festivals. There's quite a few virtual ones now. Um, thanks to COVID a lot, we're doing hybrid options, right. so you can do live, but then you can buy, you know, for 10 bucks, you can get a pass and watch all the films and shorts. So that's been a great way for people who want to see the movie and have missed our local screenings to go there. Um, we are trying to bring another screening to Sioux Falls. Heading into spooky season, it feels like a pretty natural thing. Would fit. be,
1: exactly, yeah. In fact, uh, isn't there a uh, special event that the uh, Roller Dolls have? Well, we have uh, two special zombie events. Walk as I say, up? we have Zombie yeah. Walk,
6: and we also have um, a black and white,
1: yeah, I black did, and blue I just scrimmage. Saw that. Yes.
6: Um, so we're trying to figure out logistics here. Can't really say too much, but we'd love to do something where we can, yeah, bring Valentine yeah. crush back this fall. And I was that like, be part of me really, really wants like that. skaters to come to it because it, you know. It, it's a movie about skaters, and they love it. And True. And those have been probably our biggest fans, our roller derby teams that come out and watch it in the cities where we have the festivals and go, oh, my gosh, I've never seen, like, real roller derby on the screen. So that's pretty cool.
1: All right. So you advanced, it; it became a screen play. But did, did you ever write anything as a, a playwright, you know, just a more of a stage-type play or anything?
6: Never that. Um, Is that
1: something you think that, uh, well, we'll just, you know, go down the list of I might as how well, you can right? be a writer and, and check it off?
6: I've been dipping more into like writing pilots. Mm-hmm. Um, I've written a couple novels and so like adapting those into television pilots seems to work really well because you've got all the world building there. Um, so I mean it's all things right now. the television spec atmosphere is not great right now. Oh, so true. I don't know if it's anything that would actually get made in
1: new things, but well the, you know it's weird because it's not great uh, in terms of what the networks themselves have the big the big mm-hmm. three or big four if you want to include Fox on that. Uh, but uh, beyond that, With all the streaming and everybody wanting to have their own originals, there's so much more out there now. So, you know, just like a a podcaster, you know, I'm one of (laughs) 300,000.
6: Right. Well, we have so much talent in Sioux Falls. It's incredible, isn't it? And that's another thing that like, you know, again, not knowing a lot about filmmaking since then, I've just crossed paths with so many people in this community have just this incredible talent. Uh, And I'm hoping that this is a thing where, you know, we can keep shining the light on what we have here in South Dakota, because aside from the talent, we also have, you know, incredible landscapes. We have landmarks. Um, We have a lot of opportunities here that I find I think are really attractive to people outside of to Falls Market, to come in here and make films. I mean, I've had several people reach out and say, yeah, we would love to shoot a film there. I mean, you guys, you guys just did all that stuff. You didn't have to get a bunch of permits and permission from the city. I'm like, well, you know, if you go to a farm in Wakanda, you can kind of do whatever you want. <laughs> we did have a few looky-loos from the town drive by. I mean, yeah,
1: <laughs> but they'll invite you to the bar.
6: That's right. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're going to make a movie? Yeah. Sure. Come on down.
1: <laughs> First one's on us. That's right. I mean, you can,
6: pretty sure you go to a small town, you can just pay people in, like, bushlight.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, my wife would agree with you on that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, if the
6: right movie, heck, you can pay me for Bush Light. Sounds great.
1: (laughs) Uh, So, what about acting? Any plans for you to do that?
6: Oh, boy. So, you know, Daryl had shot that short, um, Sicily Street. Mm -hmm. You know, he reached out to me and said this would be a fun project, and it it was a blast. We shot shot it one day, um, and it's doing great at festivals, too. I... I don't have enough acting experience to not just cringe so hard when I watch myself on scene. <laughs> so maybe, maybe down the line, like it was, a. I mean, I can see why acting is so addictive. Right. It is, I, I'm a big person well, in tabletop role playing games. Yeah,
1: and and, and it's, it's just
6: like that with a bunch of people.
1: Like, <laughs> well, and the other thing is uh, when it comes to you in, in terms of your creativity and so forth, it's all passion. Yeah, and and, and it's that just play. you know, everything that we have here in town, when we've talked about, you know, the great talent of the great creators and so forth every one of them it's a passion you know Mm -hmm. because i i always like to end these conversations and you'll you'll have to answer this too in a few minutes is you know uh at the end i say when you're not part of the arts and entertainment scene what do you like to do you know what do you like to be entertained by and then any other hobbies well that second question any other hobbies rarely has to be asked because the first one they're so damn busy with everything uh, you know, you talk about yourself and, uh, you know, some other people, uh, Robert Mayling that maybe doesn't sleep, Luke Tatchy, you know, who started the, uh, the stage mm-hmm. awards and the uh, stage magazine and the gallery magazine, uh, and then, you know, writes everything for good night theater for their original stuff. It's like, well, when does that guy sleep? Yeah. yeah. And so there's probably, you know, some doctors in town saying, you know what, we've got some of for this amnesia or uh, not mm-hmm. amnesia, but insomnia. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh. You know, when it, when it comes to that, people also tend to not understand what all goes in to a finished product that mm-hmm. they see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the average person doesn't realize when they uh, go to see a local musician playing that, okay, yeah, you know, uh, the chords... Uh, each one of those might be 15, 20 bucks. The stands, they might be 50 bucks a piece if they got them really cheap and they're easy ones to work with. Oh, those speakers, oh, you know, all that, they forget. And then they also forget about the talent that goes into it and what it got to get to that, you know, what it took mm-hmm. to get to that point. So, you know, I, I applaud all those things. And that's why I have been wanting to have you on for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because I, I just think it's fantastic when anybody goes out and creates from their own spirit and from their own heart, uh, a fun thing that, oh, yeah. that gives them their passion and they continue on with that. So what sparked it all? You know, Because uh, we've known each other, you've, you've been in marketing a lot uh, and so forth. Um, what was the initial part that said, you know what? Well, let's go into this.
6: Uh, I have a phrase that I say a lot, which is the stakes are low. <laughs> I am the I am the worst person to just throw things at <laughs> the wall and see it fixed because like what well, what I mean? What if we fail? I mean, right. And that was kind of my big thing is like you know what I, I throw my heart at everything. I, I was tell everybody I don't I whole ass everything I can because you know what? Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, speaking to what you were saying with people not appreciating the investment artists make, you know, they also don't appreciate the bravery it takes to be an artist, True. you know, whether you're playing live in front of a crowd that yeah. might heckle you, you're a comedian, come out with fresh material that might bomb, yeah. you know, or you're an actor that might go in front of an audience that's not receptive to what you're doing. Like, you know, you, you got to have tough skin and you've got to just be a little crazy enough to try things that everybody else is too afraid to do. True. And, you know, I just try to think in my mind, like, what, am I going to regret this opportunity? When we started Valentine Crush, um, you know, Jamie had just lost his mother to cancer. It was the start of the pandemic. Everyone was just kind of anxious and paranoid, and I just thought, you know what? This is the perfect thing. I need someone to throw my heart at, and I need other people to have something exciting to do. And and I think that really, yeah. I mean, we were this big weird family for the whole week we were shooting it, and everyone when we get together, you could still get that same energy because mm-hmm. you know we did this thing together. And like that's it's such a cool experience i mean it's, well, it's why i just keep doing this because yeah. I, I can't wait to do it again
1: well and it, the other thing is that uh, comes up so often on this show as we talk about is that uh, besides there being so much talent here in sioux falls um the arts and entertainment community while we all want our piece of the pie isn't cutthroat competition mm. it's collaboration mm-hmm. and so you know you reach out and you say hey you want to be part of this love to or i'll say hey you want to be on my podcast sure well i'm a little busy right now but you know maybe down the line mm-hmm. uh you know because i still have um my original list of people that i wanted to have on the show which is coming up on three years ago now Congrats. yeah thank you and uh there's still 35 names on there that i haven't gotten around to because something else comes up you you meet somebody new you see somebody on stage you see somebody playing music and it's like wow gotta have them on Mm -hmm. so you know there's so much and you'll always hear the word family too like you just said you know that you became a family in Mm -hmm. that unit Um, you know the theater uh, you know everybody's got these uh, families that all become their theater family or an extended family Mm -hmm. and so forth and uh, you know in terms of where we are geographically in the united states it's perfect for that yes uh so it is a a great neighborly feeling and so Mm -hmm. forth but uh what are you looking to do in the future then you know um you've got some of the right you're you're doing these pilots and everything uh what's what's on that list
6: i know my obviously we want to sell valentine crush for distribution Mm -hmm. you know that gives us proof of concept he makes it easier for the next investors i know jamie and i are already talking we want to shoot something again we want to shoot something in soup balls and everyone we know who was on board said that they want to come back they want to yeah. do something bigger and better so that's what they that's at the forefront of my mind um just trying to you know get more feelers out there i'm querying a novel right now so i really would love the next year to have my <laughs> novel published so fingers crossed
1: yeah, wouldn't that be a nice duo? I know, right? I you mean, know, get your distribution <laughs> on your movie, get yeah, a get novel a movie, published. Get a get a book deal, just <laughs>
6: cross all the boxes off.
1: So, what's a location in town that you didn't use that you are itching to use as a location for a film?
6: Oh, man. You know, the the problem with trying to figure out what I want to do next is like, Mm -hmm. well, do I want to shoot something that's doable (laughs) or do I want to shoot something that's just like crazy off the wall?
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm have. guessing crazy off the wall uh, for you. If I
6: could. So I've got a contained thriller. It's, you know, five, probably five leads. It could be shot in two locations. Probably be a safe bet. Might play well at film festivals, but... I'm also working on a queer westerns, which would be incredibly expensive to shoot. But it'd be great because I feel like there's just not enough queer westerns in the world. And this would be a heck of a lot of fun. So,
1: No doubt. Uh, yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's where I'm like, this is where I need to like Jamie to kind of talk me down. Be like, well, can we find something that's a middle ground where we can exploit, you know. Right. Everyone always tells me, my, my Twitter handle is Leah from South Dakota. hmm so everyone's like, "Well, how come you've even done a western?" Yeah. I'm like, "Well, I mean, I'm on the, the non, on the, right. like the farm side of this game. I'm on the metro the, part. <laughs> yeah, we're on the east side. Yeah, we're um, farmers,
1: not ranchers. But renters. I've got
6: plenty of family out in the Black Hills. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we could probably take over a place and figure out a way to shoot a western, and get some free horses. I don't know, get get a lot of bush latte." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we'll see. I I think it'd be a a blast no matter what.
1: Or, no, they're probably Coors drinkers.
6: That is true. It's probably Coors country out there. Maybe just straight whiskey either. I mean.
1: Oh, true. We
6: would find an alcohol that would work to get plenty of Cowboys out. Yeah,
1: some (laughs) way that would go. No doubt about that. All right. It has come to that time then, and, and I gave you the heads up on it. So here we go. All right. When you're not being a creative, what do you like to be entertained by?
6: What do I like to do with my spare time?
1: First, the entertainment portion. What What do I like to do do
6: for entertainment? Mm
1: -hmm.
6: Um... I mean, like media consumption or... Right,
1: yeah. You, you, you love uh, films? Do you love going to plays? Do you like... Uh,
6: I love musical music? theater. So my musical good, theater. my BFF from Derby, Magenta, uh-huh. every year we splurge and we buy the full package of the Washington Pavilion musicals. Oh, my. Because we love musicals yeah. and our, our significant others are indifferent. Okay. So we get dolled up and go out downtown yeah. and go to the musicals and we love it. So um, I have a four-year-old at home, so sometimes getting away and going out to theater... Right. Doesn't happen as much, but that's one of my favorite things to do uh, okay. for entertainment. I just get out. I love, uh, like this time of year, I love when any place that's got a patio where I can sit out there and soak up the sun and have like a craft beer. Like that's, it's wonderful.
1: All right. Any other hobbies then?
6: Um, so we actually just came from mushroom hunting. Uh, <laughs> last year, my son watched that fantastic fungi mushroom documentary on Netflix, and he's okay. been obsessed with mushrooms like he he's memorized every different type of mushroom he can identify them at four so we go hiking Mm -hmm. and i bring my camera we take pictures of the mushrooms and then we go home and we look up the mushrooms and uh last year we made like a little photo book at christmas so we'll probably do another one so we can showcase all his mushroom pictures. volume two yes so he's really big into mushrooms so that's like i said most of the summer we go mushroom hiking
1: all right Leah Simmons, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show.
6: Yeah, thanks for making this work out. And I'm sure
1: you will be on sometime down the road because I I have the feeling that uh, uh, a a published novel, uh, distribution, you know, things along that line will probably... Have maybe a, maybe you some
6: mushroom-related gig. I don't know. I'm getting a reputation of well, being the mushroom lady now on Facebook.
1: That's a, a character name if I've ever heard one. <laughs>
6: that, there we go. Maybe All they right. cross over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Leah. Thanks. All right. We'll be back to wrap up the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment. Ladies, when it's time to give your nails some love, get that extra special treatment from Quality Nails on South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls manicures and pedicures that look great and make you feel fantastic. Zaya and Tony provide professional care for your hands and feet, whether you just want the basics or an extra special look with added flair. Oh, and guys, it's okay to treat yourself too. Quality nails. Call for an appointment, 605-334-1463. Sure, they have darts and you've heard me talk about how ruggedly handsome the trivia host is, but all caps FUN never stops at the Sky Lounge and Tea. And FUN is best had with your friends enjoying live entertainment, as in live and local. Yeah, the Sky Lounge believes in giving you the best bands, solo artists, and comedians from the area. The Neo Johnson's, Elizabeth Hunstead, Skyler Volks, as well as many others and a great staff will make sure you enjoy your fun at the Sky Lounge in T South Dakota.
0: From the Dipsy Doodle Studios at the world headquarters of Big D Entertainment, a 40 square foot home studio in the middle of America, it's Dave Holly.
1: Thanks again to the great guests that we had this week, Samantha Hendricks, Tristan Hoffmeyer, and David Bow from Old Town Dinner Theater. And short film writer and producer, Leah Simmons. Thanks as well to The Source on North Phillips Avenue. Both of this week's recordings of conversations came from there. Most of all, thank you for your interest in Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment. If you haven't so far, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get all 145 episodes online at DaveHollyHour.com. As Arts South Dakota says... Home is where the art is. As I say, put some art in your heart. Remember, my name is Dave Holly, and for me, every day is a holiday. The Dave
0: Holly Hour has been brought to you by Posh Boutique, The Sky in Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Ale Hop Brewery Tours, Jesse Moffitt's Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. If you would like to contribute to the continued success of this podcast, simply buy Dave a cup of coffee. Go to DaveHollyHour.com and look for a coffee cup icon in the lower left. Don't forget to stay up to date on the show on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the Dave Holly Hour on Facebook, and you'll be automatically entered in our Pizza with a Podcaster contest. The Dave Holly Hour is produced in the Dipsy Doodle Studios by Big D Entertainment.
1: Thanks for listening.